Please take your Bibles and turn with me to John chapter 14. John chapter 14, verses 16 to 29 is what we're going to be looking at. I've titled the message, Hope in the Holy Spirit. And the theme of our, for our church this year is, Our Hope is Jesus. And what a great theme that is. And when the pastor asked me to preach, I said, well, I want to talk about something we can have hope in. And the Lord brought this passage to my mind. And as I studied it, I realized that, you know, there's a lot of talk about Jesus and God, but there's also talk about the Holy Spirit. And I think a lot of times we take the Holy Spirit like, yeah, the Bible says He's in us, but we don't really kind of think much about it. And so in John 14, verses 16-29, I just want to read the verses and we'll get into the message. The Word of God says, And I will pray the Father, and He shall give you another Comforter, that He may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more, but ye see me, because I live, ye shall live also. At that day ye shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, <coughs> excuse me, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Judas saith unto him, not Iscariot, Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us and not unto the world? Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. He that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings, and the word which ye hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, the same, or he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, giveth I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Ye have heard how I said unto you, I go away and come again unto you. If you loved me, you would rejoice, because I said, I go unto the Father, for my Father is greater than I. And now I have told you that before it come to pass, that when it is come to pass, ye might Believe. Let's go to the word, Lord, to the Lord, in a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I, Lord, thank you that I had the opportunity to study this passage, Lord, and Lord, the truths that I saw from it, and uh, the blessing that I received from it, Lord. And now, as I bring it forth to the church, Lord, I pray you'd fill me with your Holy Spirit, and Lord, I pray that it would be a blessing to them as well. And I pray this in Jesus' name, Amen. amen. In this passage, we have. The great promise from Jesus that He will send the Comforter, the Holy Ghost, and that He will abide with us forever. And in these verses, we also see many other promises. In verse 16, we have the promise of eternal life, where it says that He may abide with you forever, which means eternally. In verse 18, there's the promise that God is not going to leave us comfortless. There's the promise of His continual presence. The promise of peace. And the promise that He's coming back for us at the beginning of this chapter. And there's lots of promises right here in these verses. But tonight I want to focus on the Holy Spirit and how we can have hope in the Holy Spirit. 
Now, before we can look at the hope that we can have in the Holy Spirit, we must first understand who the Holy Spirit is. And He is God. In Acts 5, verses 3 to 4, we see Peter claiming that the Holy Spirit to be God. Acts 5, 3 to 4 says, But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land? Was it remained, was it not thine own? And after it was sold, was it not in thine own power? Why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart? Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. In this verse, Peter is confronting Ananias as to why he lied to the Holy Spirit and tells him that he had not lied to men, but to God. This is a clear declaration that lying to the Holy Spirit is lying to God. Another verse we could look at that points to the Holy Spirit being God is in the Great Commission. Matthew 28, verse 19 says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. And this verse is pretty common to most of us who've heard it in church. For those of us that have grown up in church, we've heard it many times. I know I have, but in the last couple of years is when I realized, if you want to take note of just one little word in here, and it says, baptizing them in the name. And we see that it's singular and it's not plural, which clarifies that it's all one person, that it isn't not the name of the Father, or the names of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, but it's the name of. It's one person. You know, I don't say, I was out with my friend, Richard, Bob, and Jeremy. I say, I was out with my friends, which means plural, I was out with more. And so it's a clear indication here in the Great Commission that the Holy Spirit is God. Also, 1 John 5, 7 says, For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. We also know that the Holy Spirit is God because He possesses characteristics that only God possesses. For example, the Holy Spirit possesses omnipresence as is seen in Psalm 139, verses 7 to 10. Whither shall I go from thy spirit? Or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me and thy right hand shall hold me. Another place we can look at is 1 Corinthians 2, verses 10 to 11. And we can see the characteristic of omniscience or all-knowing. It says, But God hath revealed them unto us by His Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of a man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man, but the Spirit of God. The Bible tells us in Acts 1-7 that we aren't allowed to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in His power as to and this verse is talking about when the apostles and disciples asked him, hey, when are you coming back for us? And he said, you know what? And the people are asking for signs to, for proof of when they'd know to be ready. And he said, hey, you know what? You don't need to know that. But, what, but someone that does know is God the Father. And as we can see that because God the Father is the only one that knows, but the Bible also declares the Holy Spirit knows everything that God knows, we can see the Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is God, the third person of the Trinity. As and as God, the Holy Spirit can truly function as the comforter that Jesus promised that He would be. Now, we know and we saw from Scripture who the Holy Spirit is. Well, what does the Holy Spirit do? 
Well, He's our comforter. In John 14.18, Jesus promises not to leave us comfortless. He said, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Thus signifying once again that the Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is not just supposed to be a comfort to us and someone that brings us peace, but He is comfort. He is peace. That's exactly who the Holy Ghost is. Just as God is love, the Holy Spirit is comfort and is peace. John 14.27 says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And in this day and age, the world says, hey, if you get this, you'll, you'll be satisfied. You'll have peace. You'll finally, you'll, you'll be okay then. Hey, if you go out and get this, you'll be satisfied. You'll have peace. You, you'll be fine with where you're at in your life. But the Bible tells us that in the Holy Spirit, we can have the ultimate peace to where no matter what we're going through, the Lord will give us peace and we can rest in His promises. Another thing the Holy Spirit does for us is He reveals things. He reveals Christ's teachings. In John 14.26, it says, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in My name, He shall teach you all things and bring all things to remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. So not only will the Spirit give us understanding we need to understand, but He will also bring back to remembrance those things that we have learned while we try to share them with others. And this is why it is important to spend time daily in God's Word so that we can understand it, memorize it, and then share it with the rest of the world. And the more we memorize, the more as we're witnessing, we're like, oh, what's that verse? And we're able to bring it back to remembrance because we've been studying it. And the, God promised that when we study His Word and we spend time in it, He'll bring it to remembrance to us. Another thing that the Holy Spirit reveals to us is truth. And there are many theories and hypocrisies being thrown around today and sometimes they sneak into the churches. But the way to keep them out of our church and out of our lives is by giving heed to the Spirit. For He knows what truth is because He is the Spirit of truth. For In verse 17 it says, Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it seeth Him not, neither knoweth Him, but ye know Him. For He dwelleth with you and shall be with you. And it's important for us to remember that the Spirit will not prompt us to do anything that goes against Scripture. You know, people sometimes justify their actions by saying, well, you know, I, I think or I believe so. My, my conscience told me. Or in this specific verse that it says, and it's very important for us to take heed to the whole counsel of God and not just one portion of it. We need to make sure that we're listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit and not just the voice of our own desires. You know, the Bible says, you know, you ask, you know, you ask for things that you may consume upon your, your own lust and you ask and you're asking amiss because you're just asking for your own desires. But when we go to God and we truly ask what He wants of us, He's going to reveal it to us. So when there are things that enter in your head and you're not sure if it's truth and you don't know what to, you're not sure what to believe, well, compare it with Scripture and the Spirit will reveal it to you. Another thing the Holy Spirit does is He helps us overcome sin. In Romans 8 it says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. 
For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. So once again, we see from Scripture that when we allow our lives to be filled with the Holy Spirit, then we will be strengthening our defenses against the attacks of the devil, and we will be following Christ properly. The Bible also tells us that God has made a way of escape for us from temptation. And I believe that one of these ways is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And lastly, the thing that I want to look at that the Holy Spirit does for us is He intercedes for us. You know, I'm sure we've all gone to God and said, Lord, I'm not sure what to pray. I don't know what to say, but I know I need to pray to you. And there's something on my heart and I, I just can't put it into words. And Lord, you know what I'm trying to say. And I know I've done that in my life and I'm sure you guys have too. And the Bible tells us that in these times that the Holy Spirit actually intercedes for us, saying prayers for us. Romans 8.26 says, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. So we see that even before we start to pray, that the Holy Spirit is already making those prayer requests to God. And uh, in college, we just had our winter retreat. And the guest speaker we had in was evangelist Scott Pauley. And something he said on one of his messages on prayer really stuck with me. He said that when every time we come to God to pray, there's a prayer meeting going on. There's us talking to God. There's the Holy Spirit making intercession for us from within. There's the Son in the presence of the Father beseeching on our behalf. And then we have the Father listening to our prayers and talking back to us. And what a comfort it is to know that when we pray, our prayers are going directly to the ears of our God. And He already has a plan in place to take care of us. And it's, it's amazing to think about the fact that you think back of, you know, when Elijah confronted the prophets of Baal and they were screaming and crying and they were cutting themselves trying to get the attention of their God. And we don't have to do that. All we have to do is come to God in humility and humbleness and say, Dear Heavenly Father, and we can say our prayer, and He's listening. Amen. And what a comfort that is. And what a comfort it is to know that when we're done praying, we can get up from our prayer knowing that God heard us, and He's already had a plan in place all along. And He's going to have, a, and He's going to make that plan come to fruition. So we've seen who the Holy Spirit is and what He does for us. But now here's a challenge for you and how we can be led by the Holy Spirit or how you can tell if you're being led by the Holy Spirit. Well, and James tells us that our faith is evident by our works and in the same manner, you can tell that you're being led by the Spirit by the fruit of your life, which is your attitudes and your actions. Galatians 5.22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, Peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, 
Let us also walk in the Spirit. Notice in one of the verses here it says, "And they that are in, the, and they that are Christ, have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts." And I want to ask you today: Have you crucified your affections and lusts? You know, the Bible tells us that there's always going to be a war in our bodies. There's going to be the flesh warring against the spirit, and the spirit warring against the flesh, and we have a duty to make sure that we're putting off the old man and putting on the new man each and every day. And we need to do our part in spending time in God's Word to be filled with the Spirit so that we can walk in the Spirit. And if you're not being led this by the Spirit, it is easy to tell because, well, as Galatians 5 starts off before, it tells us the fruit of the Spirit you'll be having the opposite of this fruit of the Spirit, which are these. Now, the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. Of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So an easy way to tell whether you're walking in the Spirit or you're walking in the flesh is to take an inventory check of your life. What's your attitude like? Are you walking in the Spirit? Are you living in the joy and hope of Jesus? Or is every little trial that comes your way, is it stressing us out? Is it... Is it changing our attitude? Are we, is it allow, are we allowing it to make us mad or upset or, you know? And the Bible tells us that, hey, you know what? There's certain things we need to do. As I said, we need to spend time in God's Word, but we also have to take a check into our life and say, hey, you know what? How's my attitude? And, you know, there's a guy in, in school that always says, uh, can't remember exactly what he says, but it goes along the lines of, you know, hey, how, he asks us, hey, how's your attitude today? You know, and he's asking, always asking us, hey, how are you doing? How's, you know, are you rejoicing in the Lord? And I've heard him ask other guys that and stuff. I was like, yeah, that's, that's a good thing to always be thinking about. Are we, are we rejoicing in the Lord? Yeah, life's busy. Life gets stressful. And there's many things that come our way that could get us turned upside down, but God promised to give us peace and joy. And are we living in that? So we've looked at who the Holy Spirit is and we saw that He is God. We've looked at what the Holy Spirit does in our lives. And we looked at how we can know if we are being led by the Spirit. Well, now let's see why this gives us hope. In verse 29, it says that He told us these things so that when the Spirit did come to us, we could believe. Look at it again. It says, And now I have told you before it come to pass that when it is come to pass, ye might believe. Are there ever times in your life when people have told you something and so you're waiting on it and you're like, do they actually mean it? Is it actually going to happen? I'm not sure. I've been waiting for a while. You know? And God says, hey, you know what? I'm telling you these things so that when it does happen, you can believe. You can know it's the truth. And not just so that you can believe in that the Holy Ghost is going to come, but so that everything I told you, you can believe in. You can believe in the fact that when I told you that you put your trust in me, I'll have a place in heaven for you. And you will be saved from your sins. 
You can believe in the, in the promise that, hey, when life gets hard, I will give you comfort. I will give you rest. And I will give you peace. When the devil comes to try to discourage you, you can run to the, the rock. You can run to that hiding place. And he can give you that song in the night as we heard in the song. And we can believe all the promises that are in God's Word. Another thing we can believe in is the Bible. You know, the Bible tells us that it's the inspired Word of God and it's all profitable for reproof, for doctrine, for correction, and for righteousness' sake. And we can go to God's Word saying, hey, you know what? I know this is God's Word. And we can believe in it. And we can also believe in the promise that God loves us. And that we can believe in the promise that, as I said, when we trust in Him, we can have salvation. And there's so many other promises we could look through Scripture and find. And, but these are just some of the things I wanted to bring to your attention. Some of the ones that all of us are reminded of so often. And as I said, it's just a blessing to remember that, hey, you know what? As Christians, we have the Holy Spirit indwelling on us. We have God living in us. We have the power of God in our lives. Day to day, we can go to Him and in our prayers saying, Hey, God, Lord, help me. And He's like, I'm already there, bud. And He's already living in us. What a blessing that is. Now, if you're here today, and but you don't have this hope of having the Holy Spirit in you, but you want it, then what you need to do is go to the hope, Jesus Christ, who gave His righteous life as payment for our sins so that we could be saved from eternal punishment. The Bible tells us in Romans 10, 9-10, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised Him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto you salvation. And when you put your trust in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit does come and He indwells us. And you too can enjoy the hope we have in the Holy Spirit.